0: show which explores life, art, the Bible, and the conversations that tend to arise between them all. Life is not simple, art is not boring, and the Bible is not just a dusty old book. At least, that's what Charles and I believe. In other words, there's a lot going on here, so join us on the Believing Art Podcast as we attempt to discuss it all and everything that lies in between. Welcome to the Believing Art Podcast. I'm Seth Brown. I'm Charles Ricks. Charles Ricks, and uh, this is episode two. Yes, we are discussing Gustav Klimt's Tree of right. Life. Right. Which is one of the pieces that I discovered in Europe that that was telling Charles earlier has probably had the most lasting impact. It's got the most. Mm. It's got the most um, uh, stuff to play with. Play oh, with, well. I guess, is the is the right. Is how I'm trying to describe We're that. We certainly just, have enough
1: twirls to. That's pay that's away. right. <laughs> there's
0: a lot of different directions and branches you can take mm-hmm. this one. That's right. Without trying to pun too hard. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways we could take this one for sure. But before I think before we get to the details of the painting, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with Charles was was the ways in which, specifically, this painting, but also other paintings and art in mm-hmm. general the way that these these pieces contain truth in ways that are different than let's say a dissertation or uh,
1: right. maybe
0: <clears throat> a mathematical equation, an mm-hmm. essay. These very kind of hard lined notions of truth, how they differ from maybe the more soft edges mm-hmm. uh, that we encounter in art. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit, and then we'll get into the painting.
1: All right. So we talked on the last podcast about art pieces being like a text. And so art says an art piece will say something, and an art piece will also do something. right? So it has content, but it also has an effect on you. And stories are often called myths Uh, in that a myth, at least in the real meaning of the word, means a story that tells something that is very deeply true. The story itself may be fictional, but the whole point is that that story tells something that is very deeply and timelessly true about humanity. So when we're talking about a piece of art as story or as text or as myth then this piece of art that we're looking at is going to be talking to us about something that is very deeply true. And that's what makes a good piece of art that endures throughout time, is that it is always speaking to our humanity at some deeply level that's always consistent. Because no matter what our circumstances are or where we live or when we live, we are all still deeply and irreducibly human (laughs) right we're always going to be that and so to talk about this particular painting is containing truth it's going to be talking to us as about something that no matter who looks at it is going to resonate with as being something we have in common as human beings
0: yeah I, i think that's really good i like um you're talking about how um a lot of these these really good art pieces are enduring because mm-hmm. of their quality to continue to speak truth regardless of the human being it's almost as if these these paintings these pieces have a life of their own that they are it, they're continually growing they're continually going through these cycles right. that 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 match um in many ways our our human experience and That's what makes them really valuable. Or at least the great ones, really impactful and meaningful.
1: And often the the piece of art can speak even beyond what the artist had in mind when they were painting it.
0: Yeah, so a lot of people a lot of people take issue with that. Like I know I know for me when I was first getting into art, there was this sense in which, well, the true meaning is what the artist intended, and if we can't find that true meaning then whatever else we find is not valuable or worthwhile to explore because it's not what the artist originally intended. And that's how I kind of approached art from when I was first being introduced to this sort of different world. I guess I was still approaching it from, from a certain perspective. Um, but I, I know that that's not necessarily the case now and that a lot of the really impactful Experiences I've had with art are when I actually take it different differently than what the artist originally intended.
1: Right. Yeah. And the and art is art and poetry is poetry and music is music because it has the ability to do that. Mm. Um, the artist can have something very particular in mind and we can know something about that. Um, but I think we've all been on the internet long enough to know and we've all misread each other's texts and emails enough to know that even as close as we are today in, in reading those types of communications, we always misunderstand each other. (laughs) Um, because you may you may text me something and you, and you mean one thing and I can receive something, something else. Um, but you had no idea that what I got out of your text was even possible. So we lose con- we lose control of the meaning once we write it down, put it on a canvas, play it on the piano.
0: Yeah, I think that's a well. I think that's also a really scary feeling too for some people. I know for me too. It's it's also a little bit inhibiting when it comes to exploring art is because I, I do there is a part of me that really does want to be able to convey this truth and that truth only and have this very you know strict sense of what's going on mm-hmm. um, but I, I think when I'm able to step back from that and realize that the the truth that whatever it is that I'm writing or exploring um, when I kind of release myself from having to convey this strict truth, there, there's a lot of beauty that can be found in that.
1: That's right. Yeah. And pieces of art can take on new meetings when put in conversation with other pieces of art.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite things
1: to do. That's right.
0: The, the other clint, the kiss, and she lays death it's and the maiden. The maiden. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're actually curated in rooms next to each other. Right. At the Belvedere. Yeah. So... It's almost like they want you to see these two mm. side by side because they, they, they inform pre- each other and they present yeah. really a contrast of meaning even within the period that they were developed. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they, there's this weird thing that happens that they, they pull, they kind of enhance truth or pull truth from each other in ways that are unexpected. That's right. Uh, certainly, mm-hmm. I remember for you, they were unexpected. We had to do an essay. That's right. <laughs> an essay comparing and contrasting and I remember mm-hmm. we were talking about that and you It's
1: actually just, one of the best series of you essays you all turned in. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so so truth truth and art there's there's a lot of I know for me a lot of discomfort when you first approach art in this way of of kind of letting go of this notion that there is one meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. But it's, it is, it uh, is to say it this way, um, it is a very Jewish perspective on things. I mean, it's certainly how um, the rabbis read a lot of the Hebrew Bible. That right. there, there's a lot of arg- arguments about mm-hmm. <laughs> the meaning and the interpretation. And it's within those arguments about the meaning and interpretation that they were actually able to advance the conversation
1: right because truth arises out of conversation right yeah it's it's dialogic in that way it requires dialogue the more people you get talking about it certainly from informed perspectives right it's not just anything Mm. Um, but you're going to begin to understand something Um, and for people who are listening um, who work in the New Testament, you, you know this already because there's four gospels, not one. (laughs) That's right. Right. So it takes four different accounts of the same person to get the full picture. Mm -hmm. So there's conversation between those gospels and they're slightly different in different, in some respects and different in chronology and different in terminology, different audiences. Right. But it's still the same Jesus.
0: What was the quote about—this quote always stuck with me, but obviously not that much because I can't remember it.
1: <laughs> oh, the one about the Torah? Yes,
0: that one. It,
1: yeah, it's, it's the meaning of the Torah is diminished by every person who doesn't study it.
0: Yes, that's the one.
1: And the idea is, is that if everybody is made in the image of God, Genesis 1, then everybody that's ever made is reflecting God back into the world in some way, no matter who they are. And so when it comes to the sacred text of the Torah, every person who reads it is going to have something to say, right? So the conversation is quite big,
0: right? (laughs) It's quite,
1: Um, yeah. You know, it goes on for generations and for millennia and all across the world and everybody who studies it. Once once you get into conversation, then through that conversation, we begin to approach... um, we begin to approach not in the sense of arriving at, but the sense of entering in to an understanding of the Mm. divine who is transcendent, Mm. who is beyond comprehension.
0: Exactly. Yes. Who
1: is infinite.
0: And, and so in a much smaller way that that idea is applied to art and paintings and all these different things that we experience Mm -hmm. poetry, music, um, the more people that come in and look at them and experience them and, and, uh, have conversations around them, the more we can understand these various points of truth and meaning that can be derived right. from them. So,
1: And that's why art is often described as a bridge between the human and the divine. Mm. That, mm. that art is the way um, or the media through which we begin to approach, the, approach this infinite kind of sense of possibilities, right? Yeah. It lifts the imagination over the mundane, yeah, to the transcendence of God.
0: It's that pathway. It's really good. Well, speaking of bridges,
1: yes, yeah, speaking of time bridges, time bridge time. time to
0: bridge, yes, to discussing the painting uh, that we are planning on discussing tonight, mm-hmm. the Tree of Life by Gustav Klimt. I have a actually bought a a miniature poster of it in Vienna, and I brought it back with me, and I put it in a frame. Charles and I are staring at it right now in all of its gloriousness.
1: Well, you'd mentioned that this painting had had this enduring impact. Yes. So yeah. why don't you start talking about that yeah. in terms of the painting itself and what it draws out of you.
0: Exactly. Sure. Yes, I had mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast. This this painting in particular, for, for all the reasons that we've just kind of been discussing mm-hmm. about art as truth and, and that very different ways that you can approach a particular piece this this one in particular has has lasted with me because I've continued to come back to it it's it's hanging in my bedroom so it's like when I wake up sometimes it's the first thing I see and and I've revisited it every now and then and every time I revisit it it's like it's like I travel down a different branch and see something different in this painting and, and so it's, it's a source of just continual inspiration. And, and, um, as, as a friend of mine calls it, uh, brain gravy <laughs> it's brain gravy for me. I mean, I just look at it and, and there's so many different metaphors and truths going on, um, that it's hard to pick out just one that I like in particular. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of them tonight, but just the notion of cycles um, and, and expectation and fulfillment and, and how that is indicative of how we experience life and I, I'm i having a hard time quite putting it into words exactly how it has impacted me but I think that's that's the sign of like a good painting is that sometimes it is as we were saying it's hard to kind of encapsulate these experiences in, in words um
1: well, it, it evidently has taken you beyond yourself. That's right. I mean it. And, and art is like that. It's like um, a incredible piece of music, like when we heard the Beethoven's the mm. symphony at the um, the concert in Vienna, mm-hmm. right? It takes you to a place where words are not adequate. Mm-hmm. You you need the 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 artistic experience is something beyond that. Exactly. Right? Yep. So it's not all that surprising that we can't find words for it. Mm. But we know the feeling. Mm. The, we know that, right? And I'm thinking about, you know, you're talking about truth in this painting. The The painting itself, as you as you know, in real life, is, was designed for a big dining room, right? So these, all these different panels. Uh, And it's really just over the top.
0: (laughs) It is, you know, all this
1: gold and the 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 swirls and the opulence of it, and it takes you into this world of almost unbridled joy of just life. Right, right. And on the at least in this one on the left hand right hand side. You have the embrace, which is a, a sort of a a reference back to the kiss, yep. right? That he had painted before, and so you have a hint that maybe this is about the joy of what it means to be one in love, right? That it's it just goes on and on and on, and it's different every day, and it's wonderful in new ways. And it makes your head spin and spiral, and it it just doesn't. It is life. That's what makes us be human: is to love, mm. right? That's one of the that's one of the truths that I get out of this. Yeah, this this painting. Um, because how do you how would you describe something that's so? how could you put it into words or painting or music? I mean, we're all trying to speak about that mm-hmm. somehow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I like how the, well, we will put a picture of it if we haven't already uh, in the podcast viewer. If you've got a podcast viewer that can um, show chapter headings, you'll see some of the, the swirls that we're talking about. There's this, tree in the the center of the, at least the one that we're looking at, this tree trunk in the center. And from this trunk, uh, multitudes of branches go spiraling off in all sorts of directions. And the branches have these really intricate curls and they just never seem to stop, especially when you view the actual freeze itself. I mean, some of those branches, it it defies, (laughs) you look at it and it defies physics, obviously but those branches extend across the whole freeze and they just, you can get lost in the spirals and the swirls. And and it's almost like you have these, when I first saw it, you, you look at these swirls and it's almost like there are these cycles that you just go around and around in. And another one of the details that we haven't mentioned yet is, is each freeze there's, there's, or excuse me, each panel in the frieze, there's, I think, two or three that have a specific title. Mm -hmm. Uh, Charles has mentioned one. There's a man and a woman in an embrace that is really reminiscent of The Kiss, if you're familiar with that painting. We'll include that in the the chapter headings. And that that particular panel is called Fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you've got that on one side of the tree of life, and then on the other side, you have this woman who is kind of looking towards the embrace. Mm. She, um, she has this wonderful dress on that is, that is very trigonometric. It's got all these triangles, um, inverted triangles, and they, they all kind of build towards this woman's face. And she's got her hands in this really kind of interesting position. And, and this particular panel is called uh, Expectation. And when, when you kind of have those two words, for me, one of the big meanings I pull out of it is that you have this sort of cycle that occurs between fulfillment and expectation. There is this sort of longing, I mean, I, I'm probably reading into this woman's face, but she's looking at the embrace, she, she's longing for something. She's, she's, she appears to be wanting that very same thing for herself. It is very much an expectation that she's looking for.
1: Yes, I'm, I'm reminded of a biblical proverb, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm, yeah. And is it possible that that's what's happening here, that she's longing for something and that hope is not immediately fulfilled, but, but could it be that it's entangled in the labyrinth of all of these swirls you know because the way that it's curated here when you've got her on one side and the kiss on the other there's a whole maze of swirls and twirls between her and the two lovers on the other side and is this a question of how do I navigate to get there is this a question of it's So wonderful that I can't have it. Mm. Is it um I mean the look on her face is a bit ambiguous. I mean it it could be read. It is is
0: ambiguous. I'm certainly when I said I was reading into it, I was it's very ambiguous.
1: Um you know, could it be that she's despising it? Mm. She's jealous of it. Um and course there's the other saying on the other side of the equation "The hope springs eternal right you know you take somebody's hope away and you know you die if you don't have something to hope for so I think another possible truth that's coming out of this is that when it comes to hope and when it comes to wanting love or wanting to be in that embrace um, we're often of two minds, mm. you know, on the one hand, desiring it, looking forward to it and the next minute, being in despair because we don't have
0: it. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And that goes round and round and round in a that's it, That's
0: exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, I love that because that's a, that's, that's very much kind of where I was, where I'm going with it, that, that's kind of like a, a very zoomed-in version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when when I kind of look at this, I, my mind kind of goes more from a zoomed-out perspective in that there is a sense in which these kind of cycles of fulfillment and expectation are are bound to happen over time, and that there is, there's almost a mm-hmm. sense in which mm-hmm. in time she will find what she's looking for, but also in time, that, that will, will die away and give rise to a new sort of expectation. And this process repeats and repeats and repeats. And, and kind of through it all, you have this tree of life growing and, and expanding. And, mm-hmm. and, and so there's this sense in which these cycles of fulfillment and desire, fulfill, ex- expectation and fulfillment, are what make life. Right. And that it's not just the, I, I guess for some people it's easy to think that well oh when I get the the one thing that I'm looking for that's when I know I've got it like that's that's what the life is that's what life is yes. about. And and to me this painting says well no it's it's you can't have one without the other they, they come in cycles you in yes. order to in order to find that fulfillment you first to have you first have to have you have to be open and willing.
1: Very good. Yes. Yeah, you have to order, be open. Yes. And
0: and and in order to um, Yeah, and so you, you have to have you have to be open to finding that. Uh, and then when you get it, you have to let go at some point because that's the way things go. That's that's life. That's the cycle that you're in. Mm-hmm. There are um, one of the details too that I, I like to examine is there's these in the, in the actual frieze itself, in, in the, what's it called, the MAC? The, the MAC,
1: yeah, it's M-A-K.
0: M-A-K, it stands for something in German.
1: But it's the ha- technical, it means it's the technical art. I think it's the technical right. art place or something.
0: You, you get the full picture. In the picture, at the center of the tree, there are these birds these kind of insidious looking birds that, that cluster around the, the trunk of the tree. There's five of them, if I remember correctly. And they're kind of off putting. I mean, they're, they're almost out of place. And this was something I was thinking about this week as I was preparing for this podcast. I was actually thinking of the parable in Matthew where the Jesus is talking about the parable of sowers
1: mm, and he scatters yeah. the
0: seed and there's some images of these birds that come down and pluck, pick the seeds up before they have a chance to grow. And I was, I was, I'm still working through this, this idea, but it's almost as if these birds are there as a reminder that there are, if we're talking about trees and fruit, there are things which can come and pluck the fruit before, yes. right. before we even have a chance to be, to, to experience that fulfillment. Right. but it's the very tree itself the tree of life that actually provides those same birds with protection it's what mm-hmm. it's what draws them to the tree um it, it's it's almost as if this is part of the game this is part of the nature of the tree of life right. is that there are these birds that will come and they will mm-hmm. take shelter in the tree and they will pluck the fruit when you don't want them to pluck the fruit um and 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 that's I'm all not, part of life. And that's all part of life. It's all part of the cycle. It's, I mean, you can't get from uh, expectation to fulfillment without going through some birds.
1: That's right. And the other thing to think about is the tree of life is the title.
0: That's right.
1: Right. Not the tree of people. Mm. Right. In other words, the, this picture is about more than just the people. That's right. You know, and what you're doing is looking at it from the perspective of the birds, mm. right? Um, because life is more than just you and me. It's it's about more than the people, and that was certainly true in the biblical account too. I mean, we always focus on people, as if somehow, you know, the first six days of creation were five were just practice. You know, before God got to the good stuff, which is us, and the rest of creation kind of isn't there anymore. But um, there were two trees in that garden, and one of them was the tree of life. All life, everything.
0: Wait, there were two trees? There I thought there trees. was just one tree. In the
1: garden. Yeah, there's, well, there's the only tree. one we
0: talk about. That's right. There's just the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Good and that's, evil. What, that's what this whole story's about, right? Yeah. We ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Good and, and evil. That's, that's what started you know, the story.
1: What if we'd eaten from the other one? Which is the reason why they left the garden, actually, according to the scriptures, so they wouldn't eat from the tree of life and live forever.
0: Right. There's a lot to unpack
1: there. Oh yeah. I don't even. There's a lot going on in that story. (laughs) That's right.
0: There's a lot. lot. There's so much going on.
1: But the other thing that you were making me think about as you were talking about the painting that we have in front of us is really a snapshot of a much longer story, Mm. right?
0: That's right.
1: Because if it's life, this painting has been going on, and then it comes to the moment where we look at it, but then it goes on after that, right? And so who are these three people, and what was their relationship prior to the painting, and what might it be afterwards? I mean, could it be that the woman on the left actually belongs to the man, and the man has found another woman. And that's why she has a look on her face. Is that a possibility? Because she's she's looking at some distance. You know, so what is... You know, There's a, there's all kinds of possibilities that can, you know... We can talk about in terms of who these three people are and what are their relationships.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's almost like we were talking last week about the Tower of Babel, and one of the questions we asked is, um, was this at, when was this happening? Were they were the was this in the process of it coming down or was this in the process of it being built up? Built up. Mm-hmm. And that's a very similar question. That's is right. maybe maybe this this relationship is in the process of you know falling apart mm-hmm. or maybe maybe it's not maybe maybe there's some other some sort of future uh, possible relationship between the woman on the left and the man on the right mm-hmm. um, well you know it's, actually, it's just interesting to ask it is interesting to ask that question
1: it is because I just literally this moment had thought about a conversation with another biblical story in this painting, which was the story of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar.
0: Yes. I thought about that story this week too. Did you, you know, I did. Yes.
1: Because what if the woman on the right is Sarah? Mm. On the left is Sarah and it's Hagar embracing Abraham. And that's why Sarah's all upset. Right. Because she is upset in the story, and there's three people in that story. And what if the whole point of, of of Sarah sending Hagar into Abraham was to birth life?
0: Right. That's right.
1: I mean, except she probably wasn't counting on all the, the, the possibility of things that were going to happen. That's right.
0: The, and, the different twirls and twirls, the, twirls the branches yeah right
1: I mean Ishmael the fruit of that union was made into a, a, a great nation just like the, mm-hmm. the, the just like Isaac the next mm-hmm. offspring so could this tree of life be kind of a Pandora's box you know right or we think we're solving one problem but yet we create an entirely new scenario of another set of infinite possibilities in which life is going to take its course, but we've never thought oh. about that.
0: Yeah, life, what life finds a way. Life it finds, finds a, way. a way to keep going.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: One of the things I, I want to talk about real briefly, and we'll, we may start wrapping up here pretty quick. But but the notion of the 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 kind of ancient idea of a tree, of the tree as the Connection between heaven and earth. Earth, yes. Mm-hmm. And and then there's sort of this space in between heaven and earth where we see things going on. Um, mm-hmm. So so a lot of the ancients mm-hmm. view trees as this this really uh, as a metaphor of sorts, a bridge between heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look out at a skyline and you see trees along the skyline, you can actually see them literally bridging the sky to the earth, earth. that was a very um, visceral sort of image that was used in a lot of these kind of ancient stories mm-hmm. and I love this one in particular because you you do sort of have this this you've got the earth you can actually see the earth at the bottom and you see that the tree trunk is connected to the earth but also the people are connected to the earth and mm-hmm but they're also going up into the sky just like the tree is going up into the Mm -hmm. sky. And there's this weird sort of Mm -hmm. gray space between heaven and earth. And it's almost like that's where all these branches are spiraling. And it's to me that, that image of heaven and earth and the space in between heaven and earth has always held a lot of possibility, a lot of meaning and potential for, where life happens. Like that's mm-hmm. that's it's not this sort of gritty earth dirt. Sometimes sometimes it feels like we're kind of in the divine, with the divine, in the sky, but it seems that most of the time we're somewhere in between and that's where the tree of life is. That's right. That's that's where the sort of the magic is. That space is where life happens. And I I, I don't know, what what do you th- what do you think about that? Is there anything that comes to mind for you in that?
1: Well, just that life is everywhere. Yeah. There's no place where life isn't happening. Mm. Some, in some way. I mean, this painting fills up the whole space. This tree fills up the whole space, which is, that's what it's saying to me. That's the other truth, mm. right? When we start talking about truth is that life is, is everywhere. It, it's happening all the time in all different kinds of ways. With trees, with birds, with air, with fruit, with people, with sky, with earth, Mm. everything. I mean, all the stuff at the bottom of the painting, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. There's all kinds of life happening there too. Yeah. And the other thing about life happening everywhere is just the sheer number of different geometric uh, shapes. Right. It's not all swirls. It's triangles. (laughs) You know, and, um, Triangles and squares. Four rectangles, ellipses. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, stars. There's even some like weird star looking things.
1: I think it'd be interesting for um, those who are listening to really look at the painting and ask them and ask, you know, where do you see yourself in this painting? Mm. Yeah. Where are you in here? Yeah. Because I think we're all in this painting that's right somewhere we're in it
0: where do you where do you see yourself in the painting I think I think that maybe this will be a good place to end
1: you know some sometimes I think I'm on the left hand side I'm the person looking mm. on um, I'd probably say that's true at the moment, although I been in other parts of the painting mm-hmm. at other points of time in life mm. um, but I also think probably what I would relate to is um, is the sense of reinventing myself that's going on mm. which would speak to what you were talking about earlier about the cycles yeah Right, because we go through periods of cycles of of um, you know growth and maturation, and certain things in our life ending, and other things starting up again. We all go through those. So, I see myself in a spiral too. Mm. One of those. (laughs) Which pick your favorite? (laughs) (laughs) I keep thinking of the one in the middle. About three down from the top on the left hand side.
0: Am I getting closer?
1: Oh, on in the middle one. That one.
0: That one, yeah.
1: That's the one I keep looking at this That's, whole time we've been talking. I keep focusing on that.
0: You've been getting lost in it. It's, yeah. It's a good one. It connects to the main trunk very quickly. Um I yeah. think
1: What about yours? Yeah, I think
0: I find myself similar to you. I think it's easy for a lot of people to see themselves as the lady on the left, the, the lady sort of looking for, she's expecting something, or it's mm-hmm. an, it, the panel at least is entitled to expectation. I think a lot of people always have something that they're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And it's easy, so it's easy to identify with that. I think, however, that if I were to take stock of my current situation it, and I were to look around, I would actually find that I'm actually, like, I'd probably end up more on the right side with, with the, sort of that sense of fulfillment, like, uh, well, actually now that I say that, I don't know if I see that. Maybe... This is a hard question. Yes. <laughs> Why did I bother asking this question? I did, so I did just have this thought, the, the sort of like the base of the trunk, like right where the trunk meets the ground, you have this, this like, that's where the growth started from. And, and to me, that that sort of sense of possibility... That that is associated with sort of that base of the trunk, I, like I'm picturing what this tree started out as.
1: Mm, yes.
0: You know, as this sort of little little sprout or whatever, you know, whatever it started out as, and now it's kind of growing into this giant, this massive tree with all these spirals and possibilities. I, I kind of feel like that's where I'm at. That there is a sense in which there are a lot of possibilities before me. And, and it's really only a matter of time before I begin to see them sort of fulfilled. Mm, yes, that makes sense. And it's not, it's not necessarily the expectation, because it's, it's not one particular thing maybe that I'm looking for, but it's just this sense of possibility oh, that, that you know, it's the sprout that breaks through the concrete parking lot, and it's mm, just there. Well, that's a good and image. And it's, it's, it's ready to grow. And who knows what's going to happen? with it. Um, but there's that possibility. Mm-hmm. So that, that's probably where I find myself. And so I kind of associate that with the sort of the trunk, the base of the tree. Is it, as it's just beginning to mm-hmm. sprout, it's still very full branch. of life yes. yet to come. Yes, that's right. That's right. Man, I feel like we could keep talking about that. <laughs> this is so good. Um, but alas, our podcast has come to an end. Mm-hmm. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, Charles, is there any final words you'd like to say?
1: Yes. Look at as much art as you can.
0: I like it. Yeah. Just,
1: just begin engaging art from the perspectives that we're talking about. You, you don't have to know a lot to start looking. That's right. Let your curiosity guide you, and that will lead you into discovery.
0: Yes. Yes. You don't
1: have to like yes. something for it to affect you. Yes. And yes. More yes. How many yeses can I say? <laughs> um,
0: yes. Thank you. So, yes, thanks again to everyone who's tuning in, listening. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. Okay. See you later. episode of the believing art podcast follow us on twitter instagram at believing art that's one word for all our updates episode releases and other miscellany we'll see you next time